Welcome back to Tanakh Yomi. We are learning a Perak a day through Tanakh, starting from the beginning. We're up to Perak Tes, the ninth chapter of Sefer Yehoshua. This Perak is a self-contained unit which refers to the story of the Give Oinim. Very fascinating story. The story goes as follows. It is a short Perak, only 26 Psukim, and this is how it starts. The first two Psukim tell us that everybody realized that there's a problem now. So all the nations around around um, who lived in Canaan, realized that Israel meant business and they banded together to create a united front of war. We're going to see and follow that war tomorrow in the next Perak. In the meantime, the one exception to that is one Chivite um, nation or subsection, which was called the Givonim. The Givonim lived in very powerful cities nearby Israel and they, um, um, and they decided to, to perform some sort of trick. What they did is the following. They pretended that they were going to be from far away, so they they um, took, you know, worn-out clothes, um, you know, withered uh, wine sacks and, bro- you know, broken old crumbling bread, and they they arrived at Yoshua in Gilgal, which is where, um, where they were camping on the banks of the Jordan River on the west side. On the west side, and they uh, said, "Look, we came for a uh, we came from a far away, and let's make a covenant. You know, we'll make a." A, a pact between the two of us. Now I'm going to read this 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 section as is read by the Malbim, um, and this, this is how the conversation ensues. So they come towards you know the council of Israel, the elders, and they say, "We come from far away land. Cut us, cut us a covenant." So the the people said to them, "Well, how do we know that you come from so far away? Why should we cut you a covenant?" So they turn to Yeshua, and now they make an appeal to you know the you know the general, the leader. And they say, look, um, we, you know, uh, please, please make a covenant with us. So Yeshua asks them a very simple question. He says, so exactly who are you and where you come from? Meaning, if you come from this faraway country, tell us where exactly it is. Now that puts them in a little spot. So they say, well, we come from very, very far away. In other words, don't, don't think about asking us where exactly, but we come so far, far away you won't recognize us. So why do we want to come here? So then now they weave another story. They say, look, it sounds very much Yisro-esque where they say, we heard and our elders told us how special you were and how Hashem saved you and did all these wonderful things to these nations. And therefore, we so wanted to make a covenant with you. And then they whip out their old-looking bread and their worn-out sacks and their, and their clothing, which is one of them. They said, we've been walking and traveling so long to get to you. Please cut us a bris. And, um, they, and Yoshua listens and they, and they sit down and they make a beautiful, they make a, they make a covenant. Fascinatingly enough, the covenant only is lechayosam. Just as a fascinating note, it is not to have, you know, have great relationships, it's just to keep them alive, which is kind of like ironic in the first place, because if you want to stay alive, then don't come all that way just to make that covenant. But nonetheless, there is a little bit of an irony in that. Maybe it was got Israel wrote a very minimalistic contract with them. Then, of course, naturally, within three days, three days later, they suddenly realized that those folks who just went away and they signed a contract with are actually local folks. They're in the same zip code. So what happens is, um, is B'nai Israel now realize when they arrive at Givon and they re- see the same people at Givon, um, that uh, they've, they've, written, they've, they've made this contract. So they, 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 get, they get really upset and they, uh, um, they, said to the, they, they, they said, well, look, we can't kill them now, um, so what are we going to do? So um, this, the, the, the suggestion which is made is, is that um, instead of killing them, what we'll do is we'll take them as slaves. They'll be water carriers and wood hewers, and that'll be how they will, uh, how they will exist as a subset in our society. And so Yoshua calls them out on this and asks them why they tricked why they tricked us, why you, why you tricked us, Israelites, you should be, you're going to be cursed in the future, Yoshua says, 
And they explained, look, we were very scared. We were very scared to uh, um, about your conquest, and we are now your slaves. We'll do whatever you want. So that's the end of the Perak, and they remain as a, sub- a, 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 a subservient a, a nation to Israel. Just a few things to, to t- take note of, a, a points to ponder in this Perak. Number one is, is the way the Torah describes this, the way the Tanakh describes this is, Vayasu gamhema ba'arma. They also acted in trickery. Now, also indicates that somebody else had acted in trickery beforehand, but the two nations we met before, Yericho and Ha'ai, did not act in trickery. So who is also? So the Mephoshim say, Rashi points out, Radak points out, is that the Givonim are from the, the, the nation of the Chivi. Happens to be we met this nation beforehand in Tanakh in an interesting instance. And that is, is that Shechem is, a, is actually a, from the city of, uh, is from the descendants of the Chivi. And it happens to be that Bnei Israel, the children of Yaakov literally, tricked the Bnei Shechem when it came to the whole covenant they were making with them about the marriage of Dina. So in Tanakh is maybe in this extra word is showing us that there is a, a, you know, a historical shadow over here. You tricked Shrem, the Chivi, well, they come back and they trick you. There's sort of, you know, historical, historical resonance over here. Um, um, what also is worth considering over here, which is really fascinating, is, is why is it that this nation suddenly came here? Um, so there's a, there's a fascinating halachic discussion um, about whether or not Israel has to ask for peace for every nation before they conquer them, meaning to say, do they need to herald and give them terms of, uh, you know, being, you know, paying taxes and keeping the show Mrs. Ben Enoch, do they need to give that to every city, or are they allowed to just go in and kill? And the general assumption, as the Rambam assumes, is that they do need to actually ask every city um, for peace. Um, and what must have happened over here, as the Mephoshim tried to explain, is that Yeshua sent out a general peace herald before he entered the land, and, um, and people didn't seem to take advantage of it. And now that people didn't take advantage of it, and the battles turned into these terrible situations, meaning where, where Yericho and Ha'ai were completely wiped out, that's when people started getting nervous and weren't opting for that option. But if they had actually listened to that option, they wouldn't have needed to have made this whole, this whole, this whole, uh, um, this whole ruse and this whole um, turnaround. One last thing which is worth thinking about is that, generally speaking, when you sign a contract under false pretenses, do you need to keep that contract or not? So here Israel you know, made the assumption that they were from a faraway land. It wasn't really true. So why, why do they have to honor that contract? So the Radak says, well, the, the one option is, is that there's what's called a neder al-das, neder barabim. When there is a neder, which is a, you know, a, a uh, commitment which is made publicly, public commitments have a greater halachic bonding, even though they may have been a mistaken assumption in, the, in making them. So it's not like a regular commitment. The Radak then adds an extra level, which I think we can all resonate with, and that is, is that it's true that uh, according to the letter of the law, they had the rights to disagree, but in the end of the day, it would have created a great Chil Hashem. If we think today what goes on in Israel, there's so many times where, you know, where, where Jewish society tries the best they can to do what, what is right, and even when they do what's right, they still get criticized. And we can definitely certainly resonate with how the extra miles that um, we as Jews need to go to make sure that not only do we uphold the letter of the law, but also what looks good, what looks like the right thing to do in the right situation. In the meantime, have a wonderful and meaningful day.